This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. Well, happy 2021, everybody. Let's start off the year right on the Beaver Tales podcast with one of the most legendary guests, not only I've had on the podcast, but just in Oregon State sports history, period. Today, I'm joined by two-sport legend, an All-American football player, a national champion wrestler. It's Jess Lewis. Jess was very kind to welcome me into his home back in December. We had our masks on and talked for uh, about a half hour about some of his memories in Corvallis growing up in Omsville in a little farm community and competing for the Beavers, uh, competing in the 1968 Olympics in the midst of his Oregon State career, his All-American football career, including the 1967 Giant Killers team tackling O.J. Simpson to save a score and that win over the Trojans and his two national championships on the wrestling mat. In fact, he only had one loss in his wrestling career. He was a heavyweight and a defensive lineman. Went on to play a little bit in the NFL as a linebacker at the Houston Oilers. And we'll get into a little bit of his post-football, post-wrestling career, life lessons learned, and just a lot of fun topics with Oregon State's own Jess Lewis. Oh yeah, and a groundskeeper too. Jess became uh, one of the facility staff at Oregon State, worked a lot with the baseball program and, and all the sports for that matter. He's now retired and lives in Corvallis. That whole conversation coming up on the podcast. In the meantime, I'd like to mention our sponsor, Oregon Marketing Group. They do a lot of marketing and advertising no matter what the size of your business is. They do everything local and in-house, whether that's help with your your website, advertising online, social media, doing video production, other sort of content creation, making radio spots, whatever it is to help your product be more visible and found more easily online. Whenever people are Googling and looking for products, uh, Oregon Marketing Group can help you get your business out there. So check out OregonMarketingGroup.com. Again, that's OregonMarketingGroup.com and utilize this local business and one of our fine sponsors. All right, let's get to this conversation with Jess Lewis, the Omsville native and Oregon State's own. Here is the legend himself. Jess Lewis joins me on the Beaver Tales podcast. Well, Jess, thanks so much for welcoming into your home for a little uh, masked up podcasting for the two of us. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's real great to talk with you. How are you doing so today? Thank you. I've been uh, doing well. You know, uh, everything is going very well. Uh, my medical issues are starting to disappear a little bit, you know, and so I've, uh, I've kind of tamed down the beast within <laughs> within within there. So Good. It's, it, it's fun. It's fun. Good. It seems like you are feeling a lot better. What what uh, what's the improvements for you personally? The improvements are I not try to do things that uh, uh, I don't need to be doing. You know, <laughs> like, like on the roof. Getting up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like you still like yeah, that. So I do them a little bit, but I used to have uh, these gigantic saws that are about six seven feet in the bar that on the bar there, and the vibration would. For instance, the vibration would kill my hands from the arthritis. So yeah. I don't need to be doing that, and I probably downgrade my pickup a little bit. Instead of four wheel drive, and just a half ton pup pup truck around, you know. So it just did some changes in my life, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think they're good. 
let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your beginnings, even before coming to Oregon State. We'll talk about your time at OSU, and then what life has looked like and how you've grown as a person ever since then. But you grew up in Omsville. I think you are the first person I've ever met from Omsville. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me what that was like growing up in Omsville. Oh well, I tell you what, I'm just a, a a good old common uh, farm boy, and from a small town and. And, uh, and not really going into the big city lights at all and everything. So I had a, a lot of growing growing up and, and experiencing to do. And I was only, uh, for instance, I was only 18 years old when I happened to be lucky enough to be in the Olympics. And I just didn't know what was going on there. But uh, I kind of I figured it out on the way. And... And uh, it, things 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 worked out really really well, yeah. you know. But I always I always thought this. I thought I uh, I thought everybody else was doing the same thing I was doing. And I got I got thinking. Well, they weren't, you know, exactly. So, I mean, they they were competing and stuff like that. But I really enjoyed competing, especially get, getting out of practice. <laughs> like uh, Dale Thomas, the wrestling coach, was. Uh, brutal and no water, hardly any air, and just uh, sealed in a room. And we're, we were all just kind of had each other's back, you know, like type thing, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it was really, uh, we enjoyed letting rest on somebody else, for instance, you know. But to answer your question, the Donville, uh, uh, I was. Uh, Lucky enough to have parents that they wouldn't uh, have me do chores all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did a lot of chores, but then they give me a chance to get, be on trips like culture chain trips and and, and different than shrine uh, shrine football and stuff. So I had an opportunity to to do that, and I really uh, really enjoyed competing. Really, really did. When you went to the Olympics, that was 1968, right, in Mexico City? Right. So at that point, how many times had you traveled even out of the state of Oregon, let alone <laughs> to Mexico, out of the country? Yeah, it, it was just a few times. I had a high school culture exchange trip to, uh, well, we almost got into Russia, but it, it was mainly Poland, Sweden, Finland, that's that uh, country uh, types. And, and so it was... Uh, that was the only trip I had out of Oregon, practically, you know, yeah. So, so it must have been quite the experience to go to Mexico City, both athletically and cultural-wise. Yes, yes, <laughs> I tell you what, it was just really, uh, you know, you had to be careful, and uh, people would uh, kind of scam you or whatever, you know, that, that, that goes on probably forever, but but you got you got to grow up fast, you know. And especially was uh, interested in the Swedish uh, swimming team. <laughs> so no, it, I I really enjoyed people. I, I got out a lot, and and uh, socialized with the different athletes and stuff. So I really enjoyed that. Made some good friends on the rushing, uh, wrestling team. Really, uh, for instance, uh, Alexander Medved. Uh, I had to wrestle him, and he. Uh, I, uh, I made, made a little a slight mistake, though. I went in and tried to take him down and drove him off the mat. Mm -hmm. And he went... 
Western, <laughs> they went Wagged like that. And yeah, and then for the last, next uh, seven minutes, he destroyed me. And he went, he could have pinned me, but he just want, he took pleasure into <laughs> into uh, just grinding me in the mat. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's that was the days when the mat wasn't too smooth either. <laughs> Did you make friends with any Americans, whether that be Dick Fosbury, who would also, was a couple of years older, I suppose, and was already partway through his Oregon State career, or Americans of other sports? Yes, yes, I, I did, I did, I did somewhat, but Foz was any different to the world. You know, he was just, he was so, uh, especially when he won the gold, and with that uh, unusual flop and everything, he was, he had a lot of people around him all the time. But no, I, I was friends with Foz and a couple of uh, the uh, weight, the weight uh, lifting, the lifting uh, guys were, uh, it was intriguing. Over in the plane on the, on the way to Mexico, they would take vitamin B12 shots mm. in their legs and arms and stuff. And I went, this is crazy. I went, what, you know, why are they doing this, you know? And, uh, Turns out that you know that's a benefit, you know, to to his weight, their weight training, and so they're just different, different worlds, different things, and and, different. and some of the people that I made friends with, I visited them through the years, you know. Mm. We had a reunion, uh, 1968 reunion, the Olympic reunion uh, for the team. It was in Colorado Springs. It was uh, about two years ago, two three years ago. But it was, uh, people get older. <laughs> <laughs> Tends Probably. to happen a little bit. But uh, yeah. How about your time at Oregon State? You're growing up in Almsville. All of a sudden you qualify for the Olympics. And, you know, within a few years you do that. And you commit to Oregon State. And you kind of have the idea, I'm going to be playing football. You may not even know defensive tackle, maybe fullback, whatever it was, and yeah. wrestling. So yeah. a lot of stuff happened. But how did you decide to come to Oregon State? Well, it was uh, 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 Coach uh, Thomas was the main reason. Of course, Coach Andrews, but Coach Andrews let me do the uh, traveling when I when I needed it, you know, for the for the Olympic uh, trials and stuff like that. And he he let me off a year. He could he could have just said, "You got a, a scholarship," you know, with uh, football. And and he could have just said that, and and uh, they, he could he was right, you know. Dale didn't pay a penny for, <laughs> I guess my services or whatever. But uh, but D was uh, he he knew that I really wanted this, you know, and he thought I'd, I'd be I'd mature more and and land out a year or two. It's kind of like a red shirt deal, but. Uh, he was really, really good at that, and uh, and so it's uh, it, the combination of wrestling and football. I was so happy to get all that that helmet and shoulder pads off, I, like I was free, you know, I was free, and I, I could have wrestled naked. I don't care, but it don't matter. <laughs> but I, just, I was just freed up, and I could do things in wrestling that I didn't. I didn't realize I was doing them, and I guess you know, just kind of, kind of come natural, you know. And, and for heavyweights, I don't think heavyweights are the best wrestlers in the world. We're not, we're not uh, like the one, the middleweights or, 
or better, better at doing. But but it worked out. It worked out well, and I, I really enjoyed, it, especially getting out of the wrestling room, the practice, <laughs> and competing with somebody else. Because we had Hank Shank, we had uh, a couple of football footballer players, and then. Uh, the one ninety one pounder came up there sometimes too, and, and uh, we had some really good competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do shark bait, for instance. You'd have uh, eight guys lined up, and one guy would take you on for thirty seconds, and then the next guy'd come in, and the next guy'd come in. We get pretty rough <laughs> for times, you know. But yeah, it must have been great conditioning to oh, have to yeah. go through a drill like that. Yeah, it really was. I was down to. Well, my fighting weight is 97 kilos, you know, 213, yeah. 213.5. You yeah. ended up wrestling in three NCAA championships, at 68, 69, 70. The 68 one was the only wrestling match you ever lost at Oregon State, and you won <laughs> every match from then on out the rest of your career and win two NCAA championships. I hear people, sometimes it's it's the difficult moments that stick with them, sometimes they put away the losses and they remember the highlights. For you, when you think of the three championships, do you do you daydream more or think of more the two championships and put away the loss? Is that one, which one do you think about the most? Kind of a combination of everything, but I remember Dale Thomas, after the match in my sophomore year, he's saying, Lewis, you'll never run out of gas again. Because that's what I ran, I ran out of gas and Dave Porter from Michigan got me with about 30 seconds left he took me down you know and uh, <laughs> he made sure I was in shape it always you know to, to, to handle that deal but I you know it, it's uh, it's it's just a wonderful experience to uh, to travel to travel with the guys to have fun to uh, meet a whole bunch of different people, you know, and, and their lives and stuff. And and I was lucky enough to uh, have a good drawings, you know, in, in, in the weight classes and everything. So it's uh, it's uh, it was really, really enjoyable, you know, because I would have never had that trouble, that opportunity to do it on my own, you know. So <laughs> Football-wise, you know, you had the – the ability to do both uh, that 67 season was really special uh part of me I, i've i've only heard you a lot of people still talk about the usc game in particular the whole giant killer season and the one thing i've heard you comment on about specifically the oj tackle is that it wasn't just that you chased him down that he had to weave through some tacklers so i'm sure that's part of it and that's a humble thing to say uh, but what is, what is your recollection i don't know even know if you do you still daydream about it regularly or is it more people bringing it up to you but when you think about that play what do you think of it? it's uh, yeah people will bring it up i mean you can't remember i was there they said i was there. they were there and that little that painting right there in my window that uh, Pam is had a glass painting and and it had a glass painting for me tackling OJ <laughs> in the deal. But uh, actually, Ron Yeri, I don't know if you remember him. He's an offensive tackle for Southern Cal, and uh, he had me blown off the line so far 
that I just had to angle to to get to get the juice, but uh, it uh, I, and I think somebody one of our defensive backs slowed him up a little bit too. So I had I had help, you know. But it was fun getting that guy. As it turned out, it was funner. <laughs> what they uh, you know supposedly what he did, but anyhow. Uh, I can't. I never. I'll, I'll forget. I'll never forget what D said. D says. Hey, so we uh, we played number two Purdue, and somebody else said two is high ranking in uh, within the five. But uh, D said, bring on number one, <laughs> and we thought maybe he would. Uh, he's overstepped his bounds a little bit, but we played hard for him. We played really, really hard for him. We got lucky though too. He gained like a hundred and twenty some yards that that day, and then we we kept him out. Luckily, we kept him out, you know. So, did he say anything to you after you tackled him? Mm -mm. Not a word. <laughs> Not a word. <laughs> and uh, he, he, I don't know. I I thought he was a pretty good guy, you know, through the year. But like, I don't know. It, it proved wrong, I guess, a little bit. But. Yeah. I'm not getting into that too far. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, it was a, an amazing season for multiple multiple reasons. Once your um, once your college career came to an end and you get drafted by the Houston Oilers, how how did that career go? Your memories of playing a little bit of pro football and and maybe you wish there was pro wrestling. You could go to that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was that year or two like post college? You know that 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 year was uh, it wasn't real special. It was it was all it, it was all changed up to where uh, you you paid for you know pay you know and whatever. But you you had a lot of politics going on in the game too, or the making the team because uh, people would like their buddies to be involved in the team too and and different things so. Uh, it was pretty cutthroat, you know. They do they'd hit you uh, wrongly sometimes, and and you had to deal with that. And I just couldn't seem to grasp. I mean, nobody was really close to anybody. Like our teams were, we did everything together. You know, just practical jokes and and traveled and 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 had each other's back more or less. But in the pros. During that time, it, 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 was, it was pretty cutthroat, and uh, it was just about all about money, you know, and different things. So, And then uh, I got traded to uh, New Orleans after that, and I, I, was, uh, I was getting mixed up in some drugs then, too. And so uh, that put a damper on everything. It just, it just you know... If I could influence anybody not to use, I would especially do it because it throws a whole different light on that, you know, and it's not it's not worth it, you know, trying to destroy your body for, for that pay. And I was only making about 50 grand either, so 50 grand made quite a bit in those days. <laughs> but but uh, it just, just didn't feel right. Something, something just didn't tick, and... And especially if you couldn't rely on the, the person beside you just having your back and whatever. So I was really used to that here at Oregon State. And, and uh, D always emphasized that 
but uh, it's about it's all about uh, coordination to friendship and 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 dealing with uh, and dealing with the, the things that, that confront you and and uh, evenly and, and and fairly and stuff you know it's it's kind of hard to explain a little bit it's just, just a good feeling it seems like it must be that much more special than to have some really good support systems now with how, like you said, you, know, you couldn't always trust the guy next to you. Now, throughout the years, you've had some tremendous people standing yeah. by you and supporting you. Who are some of the people, whether Oregon State related or further, who have helped you out and stayed close with you? Well, for instance, uh, business people, you know, like insurance people and different things and, and housing people and just different people. I've uh, especially grown really fond, not fond, but really close to uh, teachers, you know, and middle school teachers that 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 try to key in on on kids when they're just first starting out to experiment something like that and whatever, and try to get that change of direction right away. And I really appreciate them. I really uh, think that they're most all of them are doing a great job, you know, but uh, especially in the community here, it's uh, it's people like the, the teachers, administrators here, that really pay attention to the students, you know, and, and try to get them what they need. But uh, I've uh, I've had some good 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 things to happen to me with going back to Almsville too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know my old hometown, and uh, I'm re really proud of being from there. And and it's just it's, I think there's only 360 some people there when I was living there. You know, growing up, and uh, they're a tight knit group, tight knit group. And I'm used to that, but then everything was kind of just disarray a little bit, you know, and 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 not uh, in 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 the pros of things. So. And I knew I, I I wouldn't pro wrestle because those days were it was a little little too funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it, it was it's it's been a good a good gig. Yeah. What was uh, a couple of last things for you since you've been so generous with your time? One of the other fun pieces to post college life is your connection with Oregon State in in groundskeeping too, yes. and cleaning the fields, taking care of the fields, all the facilities, um, which. Which facilities did you spend the most time at, and, and the programs you stayed around? If you you know stayed connections with people and the coaches you stayed in touch with years after, what what was that like in your time as groundskeeper? Base, baseball is what I spent more more time than anything in with with Coach Casey and and all the baseball coaches that they uh, they really have a good they had a good program you know and they, they still will with Mitch and everything. But I, I really enjoyed that, uh, you know, but just about all the sports, you know, and the ladies' sports, the basketball that came on. Everything that was, uh, I learned everything that went on behind the scenes, too. And, that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have that. It's good to have that knowledge, and I'm especially proud of, that I was a farmer anyhow, and I, I figured farming, you know, was about, about the same here when I was growing grass and everything. But, uh, and then the people, the, the fellow workers that I've had, and 
and especially during the summer, they used to have jobs for athletes, and uh, got to know quite a few, quite a few of them. That uh, uh, some of them good workers, some of them not so good, but uh, they they all tried. They tried, but some of them just wouldn't you wouldn't be used to doing chores or jobs, you know, just athletics. But I had I had them uh, split wood. For instance, maybe that's not illegal, but they just it would. But and most of them would uh, would try something newer, you know, like that. So and, and uh, I don't know if they ever used it the rest of their lives, but I had had good, really good relationship with uh, uh, a lot of them. You know, I miss that. What did you see, I forget what years exactly, this would have been early 2000s most of the time you were a groundskeeper, mm -hmm. maybe late 90s, but what did you see from Pat Casey behind the scenes, the, the intensity and the fire he would have, oh, but also just man. a nice guy, what, what would you say? I tell you what, just get out of his way sometimes. <laughs> I learned that. No, no, he'd, he'd be receptive to different things, but then we, he'd say, well, we're going to do this, you know, but he was such a... Uh, not demanding, but demand. You know, he, he just he 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 had that he had that energy and that strength. If they had a bad time at that, you know, some marriage or whatever, he would he would get them to focus on the, the positive and 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 to work on that. And I I just really admire that that fella. I really and his wife Susan too. I mean, she, she's she's tough to lie, you know. And so it's uh, it's it was just special, you know. And Paul Valenti, Paul Valenti, and D, of course. But Paul Valenti was uh, Dominic knows he. Paul was a just a special man. Paul and Fran Valenti. <laughs> you gotta shine your shoes. <laughs> you gotta handle it, you know. You got you had just certain things that you just keyed in on it, and you know you just wanna do things for him and he handled all that work crew there for quite a few years and he'd get go around the community and say well how many people you need and he'd kind of match the, the athlete with the person you know if he could you know and so he I miss I miss that that relationship you've you've been around some great coaches oh, in your time D. Yeah. Andrews and Dale Thomas yeah. and Paul Valenti and Pat Casey ones you played yeah. for and ones you got to know that's right that's right Good, good connections there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how about one final thing for you, Jess? And, and we always like to, to touch on kind of a, an overarching theme, maybe a, you know, an advice you would give yourself if you could talk to 20-year-old Jess Lewis <laughs> or whatever that may be. Um, something that you've learned and that has really been important to you that, that has helped you find an identity outside of, of sports. Um, what, what would you say has been maybe something that you would help teach 20-year-old Jessalus that you did learn at some point, um, but what, what, what yeah. comes to mind to you? Do your chores. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, do your chores. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, things Things can get a little tough like this year, this last year, we've got a little thing. Things can get a little tough, but I, you, can, you can always, I, I go, this is an old cliche, but you got to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And then, if you don't really think you're doing any good, watch yourself sometimes. Not not don't man in the mirror, you know that man in the mirror deal. I, I don't uh, 
I buy it, but I, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, it wouldn't serve everything, but it's just the idea that you you can uh, you can come up with the strength, the strength and the, and the stuff you need at the time if you put in the time. So thank you. That's good. Thanks so much for your time, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I feel honored to have talked with Jess Lewis. It, it struck me how much simultaneously of, of how big his legend is and how famous he is in Oregon State circles with the athletic accomplishments he had, and yet how unassuming he was. It, I've rarely felt so at home talking to him where I didn't feel like I was talking to this big shot famous athlete, and though I was, and he's just so humble is a good word for it, but just kind of doesn't take himself too seriously. Even when I walked in, you know, he went to go grab his mask, and it was one of those kind kind of stretchier mask where you can kind of stretch it over and he he had pulled it over his entire face so it had covered his whole head and just kind of walked around laughing at himself and this was only like the second or third time I'd ever talked to Jess Lewis and he's just goofing around and being silly and that's just uh, the guy Jess Lewis is certainly uh, not too big for his own britches or anything like that so my thanks to Jess Lewis for talking also thanks to Dominic Cusimano for helping connect us and Scott Spiegelberg as well for uh, connecting Jess and I so that's a, a big honor and a big pleasure to chat with him and, and get him on the podcast. Uh, real quick, another um, shout out to our featured nonprofit. I sponsor a different charity for free on each episode of the podcast. Kingdom Home is one of my favorite ones to talk about. An Oregon State connection of that. Matt Boyd, former Oregon State pitcher, and his wife Ashley help organize uh, this charity. It's a home over in Uganda. In fact, four homes now where kids of various ages uh, can have a safe place to live, escape any sort of uh, trauma or risk of trafficking any, anything along those lines and so Kingdom Home does some great work through education, empowerment and just some awesome stories so uh, check out kingdomhome.org and I'll put a link in the description as well until next time everybody I hope your 2021 is starting off really well some more fun guests to come up on the podcast Daniel Turpin former Oregon State baseball player as well as David Chin an Oregon State football player and uh, some more guests from the 70s, 80s, 90s 2000s, doesn't matter, uh, whatever era, whatever sport it is, and feel free to give me some feedback, suggest a guest, uh, just sign up for the email list for the for this podcast, also the Beaver Tales documentary, you only get about one email a month, but you can also uh, write me back on there and give me some feedback. Hope to chat with you again soon, my name is Josh Warden, have a great day everybody, and go Beavs! <laughs>